نحمده سبحانه وتعالى ونستهديه ونستغفره اعوذ بالله تعالى من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهدي الله تعالى فلا مضل له وما يضل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله وصفيه من خلقه وحبيبه بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح الأمة وكشف الله عز وجل به الغمة وجاهد في سبيل ربه حتى أتاه اليقين اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد الحمد لله بعد الإسلام الله سبحانه وتعالى blessed us with this deen and he subhanahu wa ta'ala made this deen the means of guidance that takes the son of Adam from darkness into light. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah waliyu al-ladheena amanu yukhrijuhum min al-dhulumati ila al-nur wal-ladheena kafaru awliyaauhum al-taagood yukhrijunahum min al-nur in this verse, my brothers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His way and His direction subhanahu wa ta'ala, His deen, His men, His prophets, the awliya of Allah, the pious people, their job, their duty, their way is to take people away from darkness and into light. من الظلمات إلى النور. And those who disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa taala, their effort, their work, the enemies of Deen, the enemies of Allah, the enemies of the prophets of Allah, the enemies of the awliya of Allah. Their effort and their work is to take people from light into darkness. There are two forces at play always in the world. The forces of the haqq, the forces of the truth, of the right guidance, and the forces of the bottom, the forces of evil. And the Prophet said that Every era, every era that comes, unfortunately, is worse than the one before it. Until you meet your Rabb. From the death of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, my brothers and my sisters, تُنْقَدُ عُرَى الْإِسْلَامِ عُرْوَةُ عُرْوَةُ The buttons keeping Islam together, holding Islam and holding the deen of Allah together, they get ripped button by button. Until one day, unfortunately, all deen will go. And you can see this apparent in the life of Muslims these days. So many things, my brothers and my sisters, are apparent falsehood in our life. 
And there are certain topics in our deen that are the falsehood in it, the bottle has succeeded so much to the extent that not only the Muslims now are ignorant of the truth. No. We reached a level where talking about this truth, talking, just, just a she discussion, the she discussion about this clear aspect of our deen has become taboo. Become like, ooh, no, 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 don't go there. Like many, many topics. Shaitan has succeeded in this field and he's, uh, he's reaping the fruits. And this topic, my brothers and my sisters, like we've spoken about before, here and there we have to always, you know, remind. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Remind because reminders are beneficial for believers. And it's not these topics that will get you likes or make people love you and say, MashaAllah, this guy is a nice guy, soft guy, wise guy. It's one of these topics that unfortunately attract criticism. But haqq is the haqq and our job is not to appease to people but to say the truth. As a reminder for ourselves and our families first and foremost and for everyone listening, inshaAllah. My brothers, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created human beings, He created Adam alayhi salam. In fact, in the Quran, there's no khilaf. No one can say that Allah created someone before Adam or other than Adam. And from Adam's rib, from his rib, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Hawa. And from Adam and Hawa, humanity prospered. All of us came from our father Adam and our mother Hawa. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have, Allah could have created Adam only and made somehow this Adam reproduce alone. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with his infinite wisdom, with his knowledge, with his ilm, with his capacity subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is millions and millions and billions of times multiples of our capacity, infinite capacity subhanahu wa ta'ala, he decided his qadr was to create male and female. I didn't choose this. You didn't choose this. Allah chose this. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created male and female different. Allah created them different. If there was no difference, then there would be one gender. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala physically created them different emotionally created them different and when we say different we are not referring to who's better and who's worse it's like you you know sometimes straight away when you say different people say oh so who's better it's not about better or worse it's just different that's why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
created a male and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created a female because they complete each other this is the design of Allah this is the khalq of Allah the creation of Allah and people that you know they don't like this design they, they rebel against Allah's fitrah we call it the fitrah fitrah means it's your nature the, the khilqa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us in some people they rebel against everything they, 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 they don't like rules they don't like regulations they don't want to submit to any superpower they don't want to accept that we are limited and something is stronger and they always ask these questions why why am I limited by this why am I why can't I you know why can't this happen when why can't that happen if you create it you can make the rules but if you are the creation then you should listen this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran if you accept that Allah is the one who created it follows logically it follows logically that you should accept the creator's design the creator's instructions like when you buy anything from the supermarket or any shop or any store you go and buy an iPhone you pay a thousand bucks to buy this beautiful product you know that can be very very beneficial and do amazing things you know tasks and tasks and abilities that some of us live and die and you don't know what your phone can do you know if you go to your father and say what do you use your phone you use maybe 10 percent five percent of the phone's capacity you know because he never read the manual he doesn't know exactly he doesn't he all he needs is you know just show me the dial pad and that's it but people who know the people that designed the iphone they know so much about the iphone and they know exactly how this iphone should be used and how to optimize the benefit from this iphone how to protect this iphone and not wreck it because they made it they designed it likewise my brothers and my sisters allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who designed male and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who designed female. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who set the rules of interaction. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who said, it's, it's his khilqa, it's his fitra, that male should marry female. They make a family. They make a bond. The man... By fitrah, by nature, by khilqah, needs a woman. And the woman, by fitrah, by nature, needs a man. So people rebel. Does that mean, well, I don't want to get married? A man says, some men, you know, he's 30, 40 years old. Brother, when are you going to get married? Brother, Allah, he women. Never. Why would I do that to myself? Brother. You are going against the fitrah of the creation of Allah Azza wa Jal. The design Allah made, you are not content with. Your problem, your problem is man-made. These feelings and these emotions that are inside you, 
are a product of trauma. Something happened to you as a child when you were growing up as a teenager. Maybe some girls teased you in class when you were, you know, a new one or something. And it's stuck with you. Khalas, you hate women. That's, you are a problem. You have issues. That's why you start building this unnatural resentment. And sometimes the woman is the same. You know, ah, oh, nah, why do I need to get married? As if I will live alone. I'm better than 10 men. No problem. You can say whatever you want. But this is not the design of Allah. This is not the khilqa of Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who created. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who guided his creation to his design. He taught us. If you grab the iPhone and you don't know how to start, you'll be stuck. You need a manual. Uh, press this, do this. You know, that's how you use the phone. That's how you, you know, that's how you use this app. That's how you download this. There's instructions. Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave humanity instructions about life. How to live. How to interact. And because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us different, clearly, we will have things that are different amongst us in our life. There will be things that are common, and there will be things that are different. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for example, created man and woman, and they both eat. We share the shahwa of food, you know. There's the man wants food, the woman wants food. Allah made things equal. Like freedom. We are all slaves of Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also gave us rights. The designer gave us rights. Financial rights. A man owns his money and a female owns her money. That's it. You have rights. You have inheritance rights. You have obligations in society and you have roles in society and these roles and obligations are different, they're distinct. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said the male should do this and the female should do this. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and all Prophets of Allah came with sharia, with guidance. This is how the male should act. This is the best mannerism for a male. This is his role in society. And the female has roles and obligations also. Now, because our deen is weak, because our knowledge of deen has become very weak, we live in such times of confusion. There is so much confusion in our time. We're torn apart. We're like clowns. Why? Because people... If you look at our lives now, the way we live, men, men, women, husbands, wives, families, the way we live now, it's not really Islam. And we all know this. So if I ask you, brother, are you Muslim? The answer is usually, yes, of course. Brother, do you live according to Islam? If you are honest, the answer is, you know, here and there. Here and there, all of us live some deen. Some deen, there's some Islam and some what? What's the other? What's the other part of our life? 
there's like less confusion. There's culture. There's society, you know. We live in Australia. It's Australia, bro. We live in this country. We live in this society. It's a Western society. There are norms in our society. And these norms vary. They vary from, for example, there's, there's the norms of Western Sydney. If you go to Auburn, Granville, Lakimba, you know. And there's certain norms in other suburbs. You know, these norms change because society is dynamic. It moves, you know, it's not, it's not one standard. It, it moves. Different nationalities have different customs and different norms. And these things, unfortunately, they supersede Islam. They are stronger than Islam. Islam is this weak, you know, haram, this orphan, that here and there your conscience works on you, say, brother, what are you doing? You know this is not deen. But then, we're torn apart, we're torn apart society. In, in Egypt, my country, after the you know, we lived, we lived years and years and years of honor, you know, civilization and, you know, the kingdoms and the Ottoman Empire where Islam was paramount and very strong. And then a major shift happened in the late 18th century and we were invaded. Egypt, you know, was invaded for the first time, for the first time. After years and years and years and years and years of Islamic dominance, we were invaded by the French, Napoleon, famous, you know, figure in society. We were invaded by Napoleon and the French, and they stayed in Egypt for approximately three years. They only lasted three years. We call it in history, Al-Hamla Al-Francia. The French, whatever that's called, invasion or... They like to decorate the words to make it less humiliating, but it was really an, a, 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 you know, a military invasion. Napoleon came with his army, and in, within weeks, he conquered Egypt, you know. And Napoleon did not come only with army. He came with his army, and he came with European scientists, philosophers, and People that studied sociology and art, this and that. This is why they call it Alhamla al It wasn't just army, you know, it was a campaign. And the ulama, in this time, I'm talking 18th century, yeah? so we're talking 300 years ago approximately. They use this word. This word keeps, uh, you know, popping in my mind always when I want to talk about these things. It's very, very descriptive, all right? They called this world, they called the Mashayikh of the time, they called it Al-Ghazw Al-Fikri. It's called an intellectual invasion. Not just military invasion. Allah, I can come, occupy your country, take your land by force, kill you, kill your women, kill your children like the, the Maghul did. You know, the Mongols came and they sweep through the Muslim world. But eventually, you know what happened? If you read history properly, you know the Maghul, they conquered all the Muslim world, sorry, from the east, from Khorasan, you know, to Iraq, Iran, Iraq, Sham, and then they got stopped by, you know, Qutuz uh, in Ain Jalut. They got stopped, they could not move further after Sham. 
They couldn't go further west. Guess what happened to them after years? They converted to Islam. <laughs> so this, this shows how barbaric these people were. They, they, they came, they wanted, they knew war. But they had no intellectual agenda. So what happened? What happened? Eventually, Islam won. They converted to Islam. <laughs> However, Napoleon came only for three years. Still much less than the Maghul and the Tatar. But what he did to the Muslim world was called what? Intellectual invasion. Muslims are weak. Arabs are weak at the time. And he came and invaded them with this civilization. And so many people in the Muslim world started getting impressed by the European civilization. Which is actually a byproduct. All European civilization, the Renaissance, all of this is actually a byproduct of the remnants of the Muslim civilization through Spain, you know, through the Moors and Spain. This is how Europe came out of the Dark Ages through Muslim civilization. Eventually they superseded and then they came back to us with superior technology, superior strength, superior armies and these ideas. And slowly, slowly these ideas started to infiltrate to the Muslim world. And then generation after generation after generation, what was unthinkable, no one, yani, no one could think this could happen. Eventually, anyone watching history saw it happen. And one of the strongest agendas, and I'm talking history now, I'm not talking f fantasy, this is not fiction, I'm giving you history. One of the strongest agendas the French had in Egypt was the start of a revolution. And this revolution was called, somebody's not my, I didn't coin this term, it's coined by the Muslim scholars. It's called Tahrirul Mar'ah. Tahrirul Mar'ah means the name of the campaign is uh, Free Women. Free women from the shackles of the barbaric Islamic religion. Free women from the old traditional male dominant misogynistic whatever about these heavy words you know that we hear all the time these days you know narcissistic misogynistic balladistic all these all these istic words. Save women, save women and free women from the darkness of Islam. Women are free. They should dress as they wish. And they should leave their homes. And they're just as strong and powerful. Look at the agenda. They're just as strong and powerful as men, even better. They should compete with men. In every aspect of society. And this movement gained traction in the Muslim world. And it's still gaining traction till now. Under many banners, the banners change, the banners move, the names. You call it feminism, you call it free women, you call it this, you call it that. Eventually, don't worry about the names and the terminologies. The results are the same. What are the results? 
The results are that we live in such a society now where what was a given in Islam, what was A, B, C, D, not extra, not hard, not, you know, impossible, A, B, C, Islam became foreign to the extent that now a Muslim man, a Muslim man with a good heart, he loves Allah, he wants Allah to forgive him, he wants to go to Jannah, and his Muslim wife that also has a good heart, they will go to the beach together, he's wearing a speedo swimsuit and she's wearing a bikini. And they're living exactly like the kuffar. There's no difference between Muslim and non-Muslim. And if you are to talk to them, brother, sister, what are you doing? Not only, do they, not only are they doing this sin. No, no, no. That's not the problem. The problem is not the sin. The problem is that this man and this woman are militant. They are, they are, they are armed. They are strong and dangerous. If you talk to them, Deen, not only they look in the ground in shame and say, May Allah forgive us, we are weak. No, they will attack you. They will attack you and they will criticize you and they will smash you. And this counter-attack against the apparent truth in Deen is very, very strong in our time. To the extent now that mashaykh and ulama, a sheikh, a, a, a mufti, like someone who studied 20, 30 years Islam, the certain topics in deen, especially regarding women, he would not dare even bring up in the khutbah of Jum'ah. He won't dare. He, I will lose all my female following. <laughs> you know? Tomorrow morning, I will be the topic of a misogynistic campaign. I will be cancelled. <laughs> you know the cancel culture now? You students understand me, you know? Cancel. I'll be cancelled in two seconds. We live in such a world now with social media and this and that. It's very, very easy to one mistake, especially if you get recorded a video or something in your words. Ya Latif. Cancel culture, very easy. Wallah, one person make a video about you, say this misogynistic pig or this, you know, whatever. He is against women. He is, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, bang, bang. Two, you know, there was the, in, in the Western world, there was the anti-Semitic lobby. You know, Semitism? If someone, if someone spoke about the Jews, in like the, maybe 20 years ago, if you spoke about Jews, you speak anything about Jews or Judaism or Israel, you lose the elections, you, you know. This was a very strong lobby. And then there became the, there's the, femi there's the feminist lobby. If someone, you haram now, if a man shows any signs of, you know, he gets cancelled. And there's the gay, lesbian, LGBTQ lobby now. That's the strongest lobby now. Now you can swear at the Jews and he still will the election. But if you speak against gays and homosexuals, Ya Latif, Wallahi, you finished. Slowly, slowly, slowly you see the world moving in the sign, in the way of darkness.
the way of battle. Battle is strong and loud. And haq and truth is a... They ask a sheikh. Sheikh, is homosexuality haram? Haram, the sheikh goes red. He blushes. He says, Ya Allah, why did I come on this show, Ya Allah? How am I going to answer? And he tries to pick his words very, very carefully. Because if he treads the wrong path, Ya Latif. They ask a man, Ah, oh, Sheikh, uh, Sheikh, a alim. Should the lady wear hijab? And then, Shut away, you wear. Look, it's a personal choice. We encourage, you know, he's there. He uses diplomatic words like he's, he's entering a political campaign. In, the, in this environment, what happens, my brothers? Haq is lost. The truth is lost. And buried. And what was, I'm telling you, A, B, C, D becomes what? Becomes no, no husband even dares. The husband won't dare even talk to his wife about this. Why? Brother, please, even the mashaykh won't, won't talk about this. Even the ulama, brother, no, 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 brother, Allah, I want peace in my life. This is why my brothers and my sisters. Even though someone might say, Sheikh, why are you talking about these things, man? People, wallahi, sometimes I give a talk like this. I'm being honest with you guys. Sometimes I give a talk like this, and then people come to me after and say, Sheikh, wallahi, people are very, very far. They're very, very far. They're committing zina, they're smoking pot, they're doing this, they're drugs, you know. Why are you talking about something so far-fetched from our society? You know it's impractical, we can't reach. I go, brother, because the day we stop even talking about the truth, can you imagine what's going to happen next? If we've reached a level where mashaykh and ulama can't speak about what's given in our sharia, we can't even talk about it nowadays. Can you imagine the next generation? They will, they will never have heard the truth in his life. And this is how deen is lost, my brothers. So even if we can't practice, even if we can't do, we should never, ever, ever change our language. We should never change our manhaj, our way. Even if I'm wrong, be, be a man, you know. When I say man here, I don't mean man and woman. Yani be strong, be honest with yourselves. I'm in a bikini. I'm a girl that wears a bikini. No problem. No problem. All human beings fall in sin. All of us fall in haram. No problem. But don't, don't ever make the bikini halal. Don't ever try and make the bikini the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal. This is corruption on earth at a whole new level. So please, my brothers and my sisters, understand the depth of this topic. It's not about individuals now. We are talking about the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Anyone, my brothers, who reads the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal, basic Quran, basic Sunnah, Wallahi, without any depth, he will straight away know that deen is in direct contradiction to the Western life and Western values that we want to live. We are in clash. There is anyone who denies this is just an apologist. They call him an apologetic, you know? He's there, he's there to make things that are not compatible, compatible. 
Alright? Fact, not fiction. Let's not hide this, please. This, this is a fact. The West, the Western civilization now, when I say this, what do I mean also? It's also a very vague term. I mean, whoever is pushing the world in certain directions these days. I don't know who they are. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, you know. But certain individuals in the world now act as celebrities or some club somewhere or some whatever it is that bottle and whoever is heading it. Clearly shaitan is on top of the, on the, of the pyramid. But whoever they are, they are working day and night against Islam. Everything they're promoting is against actually all religions now. Yani before homosexuality, even Christians and Jews, you say, no, 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 this is wrong, this is sin. Now, even priests, they can't say, Jesus loves you. <laughs> okay, Jesus loves you, I understand, but does he love you homosexual, yani? He loves you gay? Yeah, Jesus loves you. We, we love everyone. And now we have Muslim mashayikh started the same trend, you know? We accept everyone. We don't criticize anyone. This is your personal choice. We understand. All your life, if you choose kufr, it's your personal choice also. You know, we're not going to kill you. But it's not Islamic. It's, it's against deen. You know? It's like in Egypt, my country now, because we have a large, uh, you know, like 10% of the population is Coptic Christians. Became a taboo now. If someone on TV or social media says Christians are kuffar, do you believe it? If in Egypt you say on TV, you're a sheikh. If you say Christians are kuffar, you end up in jail. Cancelled. You are causing fitna in our society and harmony. Are you, are you serious? At that level? Don't cause fitna in society. Don't make people fight. We want harmony. Same, same concept, harmony, do whatever you want, secularism, you know, deen is not like this, my friends. Anyway, I veered off a little bit, I'm going to go to, down to the topic, please, today. So now, we have my brothers, our sisters, they are victims. They are victims of years and years and decades and centuries of brainwashing. All right? under satanic banners of freedom and women power and strength and they've pitted women against men it's like men are manipulating the sharia of allah to take women's rights and now muslim women have to you know fight back and find a place in society because men are oppressors you know and this, unfortunately, this move of feminism created the biggest Masai on earth. And to be fair and honest, it's not just women. The problem is not women. This is why I'm talking to you guys also. You know? I didn't make this a female class. The problem initially is a man's problem. Why? Because, as the poet said, وَمَا عَجَبٌ أَنَّ النِّسَاءَ تَرَجَّلَتْ وَلَكِنَّ تَأْنِيثَ الرِّجَالِ عُجَابُ it's not, it's not shocking to me, the poet said a long time ago, it's not shocking to me that men are acting, women are, are becoming more manly. It's not, it's not uh, shocking to me that women are becoming more, you know, strong and manly. Rather, 
that the man is becoming feminine. This is shocking to me, you know. Men are not men these days. For every father, every brother, every son, manhood has decreased. Knowledge of deen has decreased. And this is why, as the Mashaykh said, every female takes four men with her to hellfire. Doesn't go alone. She takes four men with her to hellfire. Memorize them. She takes her father, her husband, her brother, and her son. Every female that goes to hellfire drags how many men with her? Four. Four get dragged with her to hellfire. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his design, it's not my design, you can like me and hate me, no problem. But you can't contradict Allah's design. You can't say I don't like Allah's design. If you say I don't like Allah's design, you've left the fold of Islam. Then your problem is not with me, your problem is with Allah. I didn't make this design. I didn't initiate it. I di- but it's unfair. Why do men, uh, why are men the captain of the ship? Go, inshallah, when you meet Allah on judgment day, ask him that question. I didn't design it. I didn't make it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who made this design. It's like if an elephant comes on judgment day. Say, Allah, I'm displeased with you. Why an elephant? He goes, you created me with a trunk. And you gave the lion paws and teeth and you know, why? Allah created the elephant and Allah created the lion. Allah created the male and Allah created the female. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who made the husband the captain of the ship. I didn't do that. I didn't design this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who designed the family, husband and wife, and he gave the man the authority of leadership. Women who have a problem with a husband's leadership don't have a problem with the husband. They have a problem with Allah. They have a problem with Islam. Their hearts are sick and if they die in this state, inna lillah wa inna ilayhi rajirun. It's a musibah, it's a sickness. And some husbands are like that also. Some husbands, they don't want leadership. He doesn't want it. He says to the wife, eh, you, you, you handle everything. Yeah, no, but I don't want anything. You handle. You find him, you know, his wife drags him around everywhere. His wife decides, plans, she's on the ball and he's a eh, little tashtush on the side. Yes, Hayati, whatever you say. When do we eat? What do we eat? Where do we go? Well, you know, little tashtush on the side. Some men like that. Some men, they, they, they have no problem with this. But these men also are not right. These men are also rejecting the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal. قال صلى الله عليه وسلم كلكم راع وكلكم مسؤول عن رعيته. You're all shepherds. And you will be asked about your subjects. Every husband will be asked about his subjects. Who are his subjects? Who are his, you know? Who are his responsibility? His wife is one of them. Your wife commits sin that you are aware of. Ya haram, shil. You're carrying. Whether you like it or you don't like it. You are carrying the sin. Your daughter is disobeying Allah Azza wa Jal. You do nothing about it. Who's carrying the sin? You are carrying the sin. You brought her up. 
यू तो था यू एक्सपोज था यू डायरेक्टेड था القانون لا يحمي المغفلين Above the speed limit in Australia, 80 kilometers in a 50 zone, and you lose your license. And you tell the police officer, oh, sorry, officer. I didn't know. I didn't know. Wallahi, wallahi, if I knew the speed here was 50, I would... Would the officer say, خلاص, no problem, go? Because you're an idiot. Why didn't you read the sign? Oh, but I didn't know. It's your, it's your problem. You don't know the Australian laws? Don't drive. Don't drive. Likewise, my brothers and my sisters, it is very important to understand that ignorance here is not going to get you off the hook. You are responsible whether you like it or not. So what happened in our time, my brothers? We live in a time, like I said, of feminism. <coughs> women are strong under the banner of freedom and women's rights. And men are like these cute puppets at home. You know, if he wants to, he, there's no actual le- le- real leadership at home. Is it a stush, you know? And this is not only in deen, this is in deen and in life. This is the majority of families, unfortunately. Problem after problem after problem. The man himself has no deen. So what's he going to say to his wife? You know, he can't lead by example. Layers and layers of problems. But today, we will handle one topic. That has, needs to be mentioned. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my brothers, ordered the women to cover up. Who ordered? Did I order? Did I sit, you know, years and years before the creation of human beings and I said, you know what, I want women to suffer. I want women to be dressed in black from hair to toe, in heat. I want to see them sweat and burn in summer. And I want men to walk freely with bare chests. I made this desire. No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who ordered the women to cover. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who designed the awrat. He designed what is the awrat of a man. What the man has to cover. And he's the one who designed what the women has to cover. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, وَقُلِّ الْمُؤْمِنَاتِ يَغْضُضْنَ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِنَّ وَيَحْفَظْنَ فُرُوجَهُنَّ Tell women folk, tell women to lower the gaze and protect their private parts. And they should cover their beauty. Allah saying, Allah did not say men should cover their beauty. Some women, you find them. Wallahi, we hear this all the time now. But you know what? I don't understand why the women have to cover up and men don't have to cover up. Inshallah, when you meet Allah on Judgment Day, ask Him. I don't know. I can sit down and analyze 
and come up with theory after theory. Maybe, maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew the man. Maybe Allah designed the man as the one who go to be the breadwinner, to go and work out in society. And you know, Allah azza wa jal said women maybe at home, they have kids. Maybe it's Allah's design. We can sit down and analyze. But if we fail to understand, we still have to submit. We have to accept. This is the design of Allah. You don't like it, leave Islam. Peacefully say, look, this Allah is sexist. This Allah of Islam is misogynist. I don't like him. I want to be Buddhist. I want to be Hindu. I want to be atheist, agnostic. Go. Go and free us from your bottle. But don't stay in Islam and corrupt our beautiful religion. Don't sit on our hearts, on our chests. And say, no, no, I'm Muslim. And I'm Muslim more than you. But I'm not going to cover up. Why? Why are you corrupting our beautiful religion? What's your agenda? What are you trying to do? If you're weak, we understand. Say, I'm weak. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. But I'm working on it, inshallah. But this militant counter, counter attack is disgusting. From men and women. Wallahi, some men, some men nowadays, wallahi, not the wife. Women call and say, oh, wallahi, I want to put the niqab on and my husband is against it. He's a hayawan. He has no ghira, he has no jealousy in his heart. His fitra is corrupted. His fitra is gone. His wife wants deen and he doesn't want deen. What do you say to these people, my friends? You just have to talk. You have to explain. You have to teach. You have to educate. You have to, you know. Uh, we have to work in spreading the khair. People who accept, accept. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my brothers, He is the one who ordered the female to cover up. I didn't make this order. I did not give this order. Allah gave this order. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who designed the awarat. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered the female to cover up, look at the layers of protection. I know you're bored and you're over me and maybe it's a long talk, whatever. Of course, because you're, you're a man. Misogynist. <laughs> so yeah, the sheikh today yeah, is talking according to your nafs. Women say, because <laughs> deen now became nafs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my brothers, ordered... He ordered the woman to cover up. And the covering up in Islam is in layers. The first order of Allah Azza wa Jal was as such. Listen carefully. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered women to stay at home. You like it, you like it. You don't like it, take your corrupt understanding of deen and piss off. But don't corrupt our religion. What do you mean? This is suffocating. This is It's claustrophobic. It is, I don't know what. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not here to, to discuss with you your opinion about my creator. I don't want to hear your thoughts about Allah. I'm here to educate you and teach you what Allah says in the Quran. You like it, you like it. You don't like it, find another Quran. It's like, you know. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with the haqq, 
the Jews and the Christians weren't happy. They were not content with the deen of Allah. This is the Prophet of Allah. This is Muhammad, you know. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said this. قُلْ فَأْتُوا بِكِتَابٍ مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ وَأَهْدَى مِنْهُ If you don't like the Qur'an, show me another book. Where is the other book you're following, you know? Where is it? Allah says in the Qur'an, these are not my words, memorize these ayat, my brothers. Memorize them. If you can't, if you're too weak to convert your wife, which is the case, unfortunately. If you're too weak to explain to your wife the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal, at least, at least have some responsibility and teach your daughter. Teach your granddaughter. You know, maybe we've lost the wives. Maybe khalas, it's too late. If you're a woman and you find this very, very hard to swallow, no problem. At least have some haya from Allah. If you can't change, you want to be out and about, at least teach your daughter, protect her. She's too pure. Her fitrah is too intact. She has not been corrupted yet. Before she's corrupted like you, educate. Give her purity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, وَقَرْنَ فِي بُيُوتِكُنَّ Allah said, وَقَرْنَ فِي بُيُوتِكُنَّ وَلَا تَبَرَّجْنَ تَبَرُّجَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ الْأُولَى This is Quran in Surah Al-Ahzab. If you don't like it, go open the Quran and read any old tafsir. Any old tafsir. You don't understand Arabic? Read any translation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered the mothers of believers, Ummahat al-Mu'mineen, and said what? The first, the first level of hijab. Stay at home. And Allah didn't only say stay at home. Allah didn't say just stay at home. If Allah just said stay at home, people, fattanin and hypocrites could have come further and said what they say now. Oh brother, this is only for the mothers of believers. But our women are prostitutes. They can go wherever they want. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ordering the mothers of believers something, doesn't it follow logically that this is the deen of Allah azza wa jal? But even if you want it to be corrupt like that, no problem. Allah said, وَقَرْنَ فِي بُيُوتِكُنَّ وَلَا تَبَرَّجْنَ تَبَرُّجَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ الْأُولَى Stay at home and don't do the tabarruj of the jahiliya, the ignorant period before Islam. What the hell is tabarruj? Anyone knows what tabarruj is? The word tabarruj comes from the word Burj. You know Burj. We're people of dunya. Where do you hear the word Burj? Khalifa. Burj Khalifa. You know Burj Khalifa? Why is, why is Burj Khalifa called Burj Khalifa? What's the Burj in Arabic language? The Burj is the high tower. What tabarruj is to, you know, appear in society. Go out there. 
Why is the Burj called the Burj? Because everyone can see the Burj from a distance. Kilometers away, you look, ah, oh, brother, you know? Look at the Burj. We just came, alhamdulillah, from Hajj. You see Burj al-Sa'ah. Al-Abraj. Why? Kilometers away. You'll be in Arafat and you look and you see the, you know, the clock tower. On Arafat. You said, why? It's, it's so apparent. It's so out there. This is the Burj. And this is what Allah banned women from. Allah said, stay at home and don't do the tabarruj of al-jahiliyyat al-ula. Don't appear. Don't go out there and about. Even if you have to leave, the state a Muslim female leaves in is a state of what? A state of hiding. You don't believe me? See, see, how, see how foreign these words are to you? See how strange they are? If you go talk to any community now, if you go to any barbecue, family barbecue, men and women having barbecue together, you know, he's giving his sister-in-law a sikh, say, Habibti, taste this lahma. She goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> you take this lahma. You know? And then you say, brother, what are you doing? It's haram. Says, brother, she's like my sister. Because you, mashallah, your hearts are purer. And more protected than the mothers of believers. The mothers of believers were in fitna, haram. The mothers of believers were a weak spot in the ummah. They were feeble and weak. And we were worried that they're going to fall in haram. But you, mashallah, you are pious women. You are protected. And the men in our time are pious men. But Allah ordered the mothers of believers to sit at home. And not go out and about like Jahiliya. If she leaves for Haja, if she leaves for a need, like in the authentic hadith, even for Salah when they used to go, يَخْرُجْنَ تَفِلَاتِ They leave completely covered, you know? <coughs> completely covered. You know? Sides of the roads, quickly in, out. But now, No. Now we have a female speaker. We have a female lecturer. And she's not lecturing women. She's lecturing men. And the Tashatish are sitting, the Mashaykh, with big Tanajr, and they're sitting, MashaAllah, see our sister is sharing with us knowledge. <coughs> can you see how Shaitan can convert what is unheard of in Islam? Unheard of. Unheard of in Islam. To something that is very, very common in our time. Now we have a sister. Religious sister. Addressing men and women in a mixed gathering. And the men are sitting listening, mashallah, looking at the sister. She's very, very pious. She's very, she shared with us her knowledge. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi so the first level of hijab is the household. Not one ruling, not two, multiple rulings. Wallah al-Azim, if you read fiqh, if anyone studies fiqh, simple, Islamic sharia. Not in Rasulullah's time, centuries after, Shafi'i fiqh. Wallah al-Azim, you go past masail that will make your hairs go white. 
certain issues come up, they make your hairs go white. This, you, you, you read, for example, in Shafi'i Fiqh, that shahada, you know, testification. Let's say, for example, a lady saw a crime. Let's, see, let's say a lady saw a crime. She is the witness on murder. And this lady needs to testify in front of an Islamic judge. Alright? What happens in Islam? What do we do? And if she is the only witness, we need to, the judge needs to hear his justification in court. The Mashaykh made a special ruling. Special ruling. If this lady is a young lady, لا تبرز للطريق. Fiqh language. Fiqh language you don't hear in our time. This lady is one of the women that doesn't go out. She's not an elderly lady. You know, خلاص, when women reach, reach certain age, Allah said, وَالْقَوَاعِدُ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ اللَّاتِ لَا يَرْجُونَ نِكَاحًا فَلَيْسَ عَلَيْهِنَّ جُنَاحٌ أَنْ يَضَعْنَ فِيَابَهُنَّ غَيْرَ مُتَبَرِّجَاتٍ Even them, they can still, you know, leave this, that, but you know, they still have to be careful. <laughs> Imagine بقى, a woman in marriage age, beauty, this, that. إِنْ كَانَتْ مِمَّا لَا تَبْرُزْ إِنْ كَانَتْ مِنَّ النِّسَاءَ اللَّاتِ لَا يَبْرُزْنَ لِلْعَالَمْ لِلْطَرِيقِ The judge comes to her house. The judge comes to take testification with. He leaves his court and comes to take testification with her mahram in her home. Why? As if in Islam we're going to make this lady leave her house. <coughs> Honor. Sharaf. Iffah. Purity. But now, the West taught us this is what? This is suffocation, discrimination, sexism. This is oppression. And this is all what your daughters and wives have been hearing. Ah, this is an oppressive husband. He is spiritually abusing me. He is spiritually locking me up in my four, between four walls. Allah locked you up. I didn't lock you up. Allah locked you up. Allah said, You have a problem not with me. The truth is you have a problem with Allah. You're not happy with our deen. You have a problem. In Islam, what's the most rewarding salah for a female? Women say, Masjid. Not the masjid. Not in the masjid. The most rewarding salah for a female is her bedroom. If you have, and of course in these days the bedroom was the lounge room was everything. But in our time, you have, mashallah, a big palace, three, four bedrooms, mashallah, and a lounge. Where should the female pray? Where? In the most private place of her house, her bedroom. This is the most rewarding salah. Go tell a female this nowadays, like, get the hell out of here. I play AFL. You play what? <laughs> Can you imagine a sister who's playing AFL, rugby, whatever it's called, and you say to her, you should pray, the most rewarding salah is in your bedroom. Wallahi al-azim, this is, it's confusing. Imagine a sister that plays AFL when, he, when she finishes, she goes to her bedroom and prays her salah. <laughs> we have become clowns, you know? Or a lady that's an influencer. 
A sister, she's a sister, brother. Wallah, she's a very pious sister. She's an influencer now on YouTube. She says with other Muslim sisters how she does her dining table and how she prepares her spices, whatever shelf is called, you know. And how, mashallah, she cleans her, uh, cuts her grass and does her garden. And we have chefs and sisters, mashallah, in hijab that are appearing on TV. And the Muslims are not ashamed of this and saying, Inna lillah, may Allah, inna lillah, inna may Allah guide her. No, we say, Allahu Akbar, we've made it. Look, we've invaded the biggest Australian shows. Yes. Success, ya Muslim community. Alhamdulillah, look at our sister. She's in hijab, mashallah, and she's in a talk show. Instead of saying, Inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raju'oon, imagine if the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was to see this sister, his daughter, that him and his companions sacrificed blood for Islam and deen to reach us pure. Imagine if Rasulullah was to know that his daughters are now in half naked or fully naked sometimes on, uh, for the whole world to see. Or the, or the good brother, mashallah, who has army pants. You know these brothers, you know? Hardcore is, you know, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, brother, Quran and Sunnah, brother. He's wearing army pants. And you jump on his Facebook and you see his profile pic, him hugging his wife, mashallah. This is my, my second half. Brother, why are you showing your wife to the whole world? Like Allah ordered your wife that when she prays, when she's in salah, she should pray in her bedroom. And you are exposing your own wife to the whole world. What happened to men? You know what happened to others? No one is talking. No one is saying anything. Hijab styles and Spanish and, 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 and hijab fashion. Like the whole point of women clothing in Islam, the whole purpose of women clothing in Islam is to completely cover the woman and make her in and out as fast as possible with no one realizing. But that's the opposite of the intention of our sisters. Wallah al-Azim, women that wear niqab. I'm not only talking about women that are naked. Women that wear niqab. She wears niqab and she gets the free layer niqab. And have you heard of the niqab fringe? Have you heard of that fashion, Nazabir? There's now a fashion where a sister, a naqabi, she has a free layer naqab. She's not going to put three layers on. She can't see. But the third layer became in fashion. Why? Because the third layer becomes a fringe on the side. Sister, why are you doing that? Why? You know, or a sister wears a naqab and she wears like, you know, her ring above her glove. A big diamond ring like that. Or she's wearing a naqab, but she's wearing like fancy shoes. Or a Chanel bag. Sister, but the whole point of your attire is to not attract any attention. This is why naqab is black. Has anyone thought ever why hijab and naqab were always black? Women now even ask, man, why is black, black, why pink? I love flowery colors. Sister, but you're not wearing what you love. 
This is not a fashion statement at this stage. You are not trying to build your identity. The purpose of women clothing in Islam is to delete your identity. We want you to walk outside your house based on need with no one knowing who you are. This is the purpose of women clothing in Islam. This is very suffocating, limiting, limiting. Oh, this is misogyny. That's not Islam. What's wrong, you know, with the nice hijab? With... And then they say this. Look, look at shaitan. Yes, you, can, you can be a hijabi, but still fashionable. <laughs> Either we understand deen or we don't understand deen. Hijab and fashion. I'm, I'm a hijabi, yes. Yes, I put the scarf on, but I still have my taste. I still have my statement in the world. I wear, you know, my clothes like this, and I wear my hijab like this, and my bag like this, and my car like this. Sister, your thiyab is called in Islam by definition, thiyab al-shuhra. A ban in Islam. No Muslim, male or female, should wear any clothes that are intended to make you appear. Show yourself. You wear what makes you disappear. You wear what makes you commoner amongst everyone. <coughs> this is why the women of Sahaba, mothers of believers, all wore black. You didn't know who's Muhajira, who's from the Ansar, who's old, who's young. They all, they all look black. They're all walking on the side of the street, in and out. No one knows who they are in packs. This is how the women were in, in Rasulullah's time. And Aisha radiallahu anha has a very famous, interesting, authentic hadith. She says what radiallahu anha. She says in her time, she died 57 Hijri. Yani she lived 47 years after Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa So she says in Bukhari, لو علم رسول الله صلى الله ما أحدث النساء بعده لمنعهن المساجد كما منعت بني إسرائيل المساجد. If the Prophet of Allah, Aisha is faqiha, you know how women say they love Aisha, women who love women powers. Baba, look at Aisha, Baba. You know of Aisha, Baba. Aisha, the Prophet said, take half of your deen from Aisha. She's a female, huh? Remember? So yes, amana wa atana. Why don't you take Aisha's advice? She said, radiallahu anha, if the Prophet of Allah was to know what women did after he died, he would have banned them from the masjid. And that's when? That's when? <laughs> that's a few decades after that. Imagine if Aisha radiallahu anha was to come and see the masayib we have in our time. What women are doing, what women are wearing, what men are doing. She would say, men are banned from the masjid. <laughs> Men should stay at home, they fit the people. That's the state that we're in. But we live in delusion. We don't want to accept our deen. No, 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 brother, this is too hard. This is, you know. So, first, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered women to stay at home. To the best of her ability, as much as you can, stay at home except when in need. And then, if you leave, you leave in. Complete hijab. The word hijab, as we use it now, to mean the scarf that shows the face, and the qab, the one that covers the face, is 
misunderstanding. The word hijab in Arabic language means niqab. The word hijab means the full cover of a female. The ulama differed. After the death of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came Asr al-Imma and some ulama had this theological, theoretical question. Is wearing the full face veil fard or sunnah? They differed. Some ulama say it's fard and some ulama say it's a sunnah. All ulama agreed that in time of corruption, in time of fasad, naqab becomes fard. But anyway, to avoid in your life, in your deen, with your wife, with your kids, with your daughter, with your family members, to avoid this futile debate that takes you, you know, kilometers into what the sheikh said. Say, very good. So we all agree, mashallah, that niqab is at least a sunnah. Correct? Means what? Means, as Muslims, as my beautiful wife, mashallah, as my beautiful daughter, mashallah, this is something you have to work towards. Do you agree with me? You agree this is our deen and we have to... Sunnah means what? Sunnah means... Yalla, bismillah. We want to see the plan. What's the plan? How many years do you need? Five years? Five years to work on your iman, to put the blood in the carbon? But now we find the opposite. We find that the sunnah that many, many ulama in the ummah stamp is compulsory. Without doubt. Many, the majority of ulama of the ummah say it's fard completely in time of fitna and corruption. We find the opposite. Now, shaitan, look at the success rate. Shaitan took the ummah from 100% naqab. You know this as a fact or not? Historical fact. All the ummah of Muhammad, every country in the world, from China in the East to Spain in the West. All Muslim women for centuries. No female dared to leave her home showing her face. Fact, not fiction. In Egyptian slang, till now, till now, it's very, very funny. Till now, this slang is used. In Egyptian slang, when they want even though there's no naqab, very rare now. <laughs> in Egyptian slang, when they want to describe a bad lady, you know, a lady that has no honor, they say, Ammi de kashfa They say, This is a lady that shows her face. Meaning what? She's a, the S word, you know? De kashfa Till now, till now, this is the language. Centuries and centuries. Nigeria. Sicily, <laughs> the Ottoman Empire, where look at any history book. Women were covered hair to toe. And then Napoleon came. And when Napoleon came, what happened? Slowly, slowly, intellectual invasion. Slowly, slowly, what was the common dress code in the Ummah became what now? Do you know? the percentage of naqabis in the Muslim world now? Less than 1%. 99% success rate. 99% success rate. Even the kuffar have sympathy. <laughs> the kuffar, 
Now they have sympathy. When any ant right, you know, wing people get up like Pauline Hansen and this and they say, Ah, Naqab is invading Australia. Even the leftists, the kuffar, they say, why are you making a scene? There's only like 2,000 Naqabis or something. <laughs> <laughs> Even they don't play it. They say, why are you bringing this topic? It's not worth bringing up. They're not a large number. <laughs> They're a very small number. And Muslims say, yeah, yeah, it's a, very, it's a personal choice. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made compulsory and the Prophet sallallahu made his sunnah now became what? A personal choice. It's a personal choice. If you go now, if any man now goes to his wife, say, Habti, please cover up. Allah gave you beauty and this beauty is not for the public. It's not for the dirty, filthy men on the street now that are checking you out. This beauty Allah gave you is for me. You're my wife. I don't want other men checking you out. A simple request. I don't like when I, I don't like when I see men saying, "Oh, she's, she's a hottie." Some men will say it. Other religious men, he won't say anything. He will see your wife and lower his gaze. But in his heart, Allah has scored hard, man. He's scored big. And men live in denial. Every husband that his wife is exposed to the street lives in air denial. Like no one is checking her out, man. Brother, are you living with us? In a, are you with us in Sydney? Or are you in Mars? Are you here with us? Are you here with us? But people, because it's too hard, they don't want to see it. They don't want to see the sun. The sun is in midday. It's midday. No one wants to look. No one wants to see. No, no, there's no sun. It's dark. But the sun is right there. Every lady knows. Wallah al-Azim, they know. Uqsim billah al-Azim, they know. Sisters that don't wear the niqab, they know men are checking them at her. That one i'tikafi two years ago, a year ago or something, one brother, a haram in i'tikaf, repented, came on deen, he wants to repent to Allah Azza wa Jal, no more girlfriend, this, that. Haram, he goes, what's the best place to fish a religious wife than Masjid al-Nur? <laughs> so a haram, between every turakat of tahajjud, he's standing outside the fight, beside the female section. So he saw a good-looking girl. She's exposed, she's showing her face. He saw her, He approached her. He goes, sister, are you married? She goes, yes. Her husband found out. Ah, how dare you, brother? Brother, whose mistake really is this? Whose mistake really is this, brother? Your wife is causing fitna on the street. She's exposed. Not just this Muslim brother saw her, the kuffar see her in the shopping center, men are staring her out. Whether you like it or not, you can't control who's on the street. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَا يُبْدِينَ زِينَتَهُنَّ إِلَّا مَا ظَهَرَ مِنْهَا They should cover themselves, cover their beauty. Very simple. But, look, and some women, haram, they go completely against deen now. Not only she wants to show her face, she wants to put makeup camera. 
And what's makeup now? Now makeup, yani, <laughs> you've entered a whole new category where now you're beautifying yourself further or putting perfume on Ayadu Billah. As Muhammad Sallam says in the hadith, any lady who leaves her home with perfume and passes by men, what did Rasulullah call her? What did he say? She's an adulterer, she's a fornicator. Go tell a sister this. What? Do you want me to go out on the street smelling like rubbish? Islam loves beauty. Are you understanding more than Muhammad Sallam? It's all in contradiction. So one layer is the home. One layer is the jilbab, the naqab, to completely cover up. The third layer is layer rulings of mixing. No men and women should mix together. <coughs> All right? Separate areas. No mixing to the best of our ability. Ghabd al-basar on both parties. Both parties should lower the gaze. Fitna or no fitna? Just lower your bloody gaze. No conversation. No talking. Allah said in the Quran to the mothers of believers. وَلَا تَخْضَعْنَ بِالْقَوْلِ فَيَطْمَعَ الَّذِي فِي قَلْبِهِ مَرَضٍ O mothers of believers, when you speak, when you talk, don't soften your voice. Maybe a man with a sick heart will, sit, will get misled by this softness. Are you going to delete the Quran? Are we going to cancel the book of Allah Azza wa Jal? This is why you read the mashaykh and ulama of Shafi Madhab. What I study. They say when a female answers her door, she'll answer the door, yeah. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, who is he? Oh, no, he? No, he went to work. He hasn't come back yet. Or answer the phone like that. Oh, no, no, he's not here. Who do I say to him? Oh, do you want to come in and wait for him? What deen do you follow, sister? Any lady who talks when men are around or a man can hear her, she should what? Khashin sawtaha. The mashayikh say, talk behind the hands of them. Yes. Like this. Cover, cover enough. Make your voice harsher. So that no one with a sick heart go now say this to a sister giving a lecture. <laughs> She's going to talk for one hour and all the men, mashallah, listening. Mashallah, what is it? Or a lady that wants to become an imam now. Women are now saying, should be the, why should the man be the imam only? Why should men give adhan? Why also have a very nice voice? I want to give adhan one day in the masjid. All why, my brothers, because we don't like the design of Allah. That's the truth. We don't want it. We don't want Islam. We want something else. We want, we want this, this masjid, this, Alien creation that we have made, that mixture of Islam and Westernization, that we've jumbled and mumbled, and we want to call this our deen. <laughs> so please, my brothers, every one of us, every man, first and foremost, educate yourself. Learn. Learn properly about your deen. Learn your Islam, regardless of your capacity. What I can do now is not relevant. At least I should find out what the truth is. And then start educating. Educate your wife. Talk to her. Teach her. Say to her, let's listen to one, two, three, four. Let's read traditional books. Avoid modern mashayikh. Avoid mashayikh that are born in this century. Go, go before the era of freedom of women. 
Go to our traditional books, the ulama of the ummah, and see what they said about these relationships and what the women should wear, what men should wear. Go back. Go back to your deen, to your, to your asl, to your foundation. Go back. And if she's not convinced, at least your children, at least your daughter, start teaching your kids how to have haya, how to have adab, how to know difference between male and female, how to, you know, know her role in society. Explain, teach, educate. But to live this corruption that we live and no one talk about it like that, Inna Allah wa inna ilayhi raja'un. I hope, inshallah, that I didn't upset anyone. If you did get upset, I'm not sorry. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Shadu wa la ilaha 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 ilaha